every now and then in your life, you have to make a courageous choice. You have to admit something is true or not true. You have to decide. And that decision has a great impact on your future. It's a decision to be courageous. I like uh, blending in. Um, I don't like necessarily being awkward. I, I like being clear. Uh, I, I never wanted to preach or be in public like this. I, I'm not by nature a person who likes that or craves it. I don't crave it at all. I don't crave to preach. I don't, um, I don't even necessarily love preaching. That's important to me to say because I love life. Preaching is what I do. It's one of the great gifts and honors that I get to be a part of. But I think it's, it's it, it, I, I like feeling as if my life is not about one thing that I do. I feel that it's healthy for me in my head. Now, I don't, I don't misrepresent anything and say I don't like what I do. I just think it's important for me not to be defined by this or being a teacher or being a policeman. And that's all you are in life. So when you stop being that, you stop being anything important. Say amen if you hear what I'm saying to you. That's, that's what happens to people. It's almost as if your life is sucked out of you. And I, and I think it's important to make a courageous decision to put it in its proper place. I enjoy this. This is great. But I, I'm clear about where, where my priorities should be. And one of the priorities that I'm clear about is the importance of sacrifice. I have to make courageous sacrifices in order for me to advance, in order for me to grow. And our study today is centered around an example of this. Jesus in Gethsemane in Luke 22 is going to show us what sacrifice looks like up close. And it's just a real honest, really clear picture of what a person does when they are a courageous sacrificer. It says, if you want to know what it looks like in the flesh, look at this story in Luke 22 in Gethsemane. In a moment in his life when he's incredibly honest and he shows us three important things. Before we get there, I want you to be clear about the question I want to ask you today. Because any sermon that doesn't ask you a question isn't healthy or helpful. So here's the question. How much are you willing to sacrifice? We're about to talk about Christ's sacrifice, but I don't want to start with him. I want to start with you. I want to start with me. How much are we willing to sacrifice for what we want? That's one thing to talk about. It's another thing to do it. And, and a lot of us like it to be painless. That somehow sacrifice is not going to cost you anything. I'm sorry. That's just not how it goes. And not in this story today. So think of you through a couple of things. Would you look at your time, how you manage your time, and ask yourself, are you willing to sacrifice for what you want when it comes to your time. I know you say you want to go to school, but are you willing to spend the time? There's a time commitment, studying, preparing, applying. Secondly, all right, look at your family and friends. Who are the people you make time for on a daily basis? You say you want a great family, but are you willing to invest the time? If you're not willing to do that, you don't mean it. Thirdly, look at your finances. There you go. How do you spend your money? 
When you get paid, you make a decision. Is God a part of this? Yes or no? Depends on what you do. Are you a part of it? Do you save something for yourself? Do you actually say, okay, God, I want to honor God, then I'm going I'm, I'm to honor me? And what, what, what do you do with it? Is it just spontaneously thrown around without any focus? Your money has no mission. It flies in your hand and out of your hand with no direction. Look at your future fantasies or dreams. Those are always fun to look at. And I put those two words in there for a reason because we all have fantasies and dreams. And I wanted the word fantasy in there because the word fantasy is a powerful word. It really, it is what you daydream about. It's what you sit around and you daydream about. I wish I were a, you know, I wish I could go and you, you daydream. What, a, what, dr- describe your dream for your life and then ask the question, are you willing to make courageous sacrifices to get there? That is the question. No one can decide for you. Absolutely no one. And what's interesting, some of you have made courageous sacrifices. You've got to certain places in your life, and you are really, really um, a testimony of a person who did that. But now the question is, from here forward, not what happened to you in the past, not mistakes you've made, but from here forward, going that way. Can you do me a favor? Say that way. Yeah. You need to point with the preacher. Come on, point. Say that way. Yeah. You spend so much time getting lost in what you did wrong. I'm reading a new book. I probably should have read this a long time ago. I just, I, 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 I never heard of it for some reason. You know, I don't hear of all good books. It's a book called The Search for Significance. Hmm. It has been, for me, an incredible read. I have been so impressed with it because it, it's spoken to me about my life. It's an audible book I've been listening to, and it really, really spoke to me, The Search for Significance. And it, it made me think about my life. It made me think about my attitude, my personal perspective on life. And one of the things that this guy said was, he said, you know, for a lot of people, their whole life is about a search for significance. Trying to find some dream, some place, and how we end up being full of condemnation and guilt. He does this wonderful job of messing with my brain about this whole idea of how I tend to if I'm not careful, look for the next significant thing. When he says, that's important for learning how to be a whole person in Christ and not be a whole person in a title. Does that make sense to you? A whole person in Christ, not a whole person in being a dad or a mom or being... Some, there's something about knowing that I'm okay. Maybe you should even say that. Say, I am okay. Come on. Now, you may not be perfect, Okay, but you're, you're not, you're, your perfection is not locked into you. And he's taken me on this journey through Romans and through all these great books in, of doctrine in the Bible where he's talking about what it means to be justified. And I love this part. He said what, what it means to be uh, forgiven. He says it's like on one list you have a ledger of sin and on one list you have a ledger of perfection. Christ is the ledger of perfection, but he swapped ledgers with you and said, I'll take yours, you take mine. Oh, I just love that. I'll take yours. All your failures. All your flaws. There's therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ. And you say, how could that be true? As flawed as I am, but that's what he did. He took and swapped with you. That's what communion is about. That's what his death is about. That's what we're here for. So what are you willing to do? 
What do you want to give up? But Luke 22 shows us how it goes. You ready? Luke 22, verse 39. Jesus is on his way to the cross next week. He's a week away. This is Palm Sunday. This is the day they, they had the palm trees, right? And they were putting the palms in the street saying, Hosanna, Hosanna. And it was this amazing moment of praise, but he knew it wasn't going to last. You, you ever notice that things don't last, right? There's, a, there's an end date to this. And so he, he, he knows that, and he gets to this place where he's praying in Gethsemane. And, and let me tell you, one of the most amazing things is to have been in this place, to be, have been in this place where he's praying. One of the great joys of going to the Holy Land is you get to go places you read about. And so in your, I, I see it in my head. It's really amazing. And here's what he says. He says, coming out, he went to the Mount of Olives. And as he was accustomed, and his disciples also following him, when he came to this place, to the place, he said to them, pray that you may not enter into temptation. Notice that. I want you guys to pray that you would stay out of things that tempt you. Verse 41, and he was withdrawn from them. About a stone's throw, just throw a rock, and he's about that far away. And he knelt down and he prayed. And he said these words, Father, listen to this prayer. This is so important. Listen to what he prays for. He's praying for what he does not want to do. But he also prays and shows what he's willing to do. Watch this. Father, if it is your will, take this what? Cup from me. This is the problem. I don't like this responsibility. If you can take this cup away from me, you've prayed that prayer. You've asked that question. Is there any way you can fix this for me? Is there any way you can kind of take this responsibility that is nagging me and, and that, that, that's, that's an emotional challenge for me, if you could take it from me? Then there's this amazing response he gives. Nevertheless, read it all while I wouldn't please. Not my will, but yours. Say it again. Come on. Not my will, but yours. Now I want you to say it slow and say it loud. Say, not my will, but yours. Not my will, but yours. There are things I will. If we want to talk about what I will, there are a lot of things that I will. And Jesus says something that's so profound here. He's honest about how he feels and what he wills. It's amazing. It's, it's an amazing moment. I have things that I will, and they're not all great. They're not even all holy at times. You ever have anybody say something to you and you want to say something really bad to them? Can we get honest? Come on. Somebody come up on you in the wrong way and you're going to go, really? I am from the ghetto too, you know. There are moments, there are moments I think people forget, you know, I'm sorry, what do you think? You're in my space, give me back up a couple steps. I mean, there are moments where it, my will, if my, do I want to help? No, sometimes I don't want to hear even. Come on, say, not my will. How many of you have times you don't want to go to work? Watch this, watch this, you are not alone. Raise your hand if you have days you don't want to go to work. Are you lazy or what? Why are you, why you don't want to go to work? What do you mean you just don't want to go? 
Is that all you can say? You don't, he says, I don't want to go. I just don't want You didn't even try to fix it, make it spiritual. You just, <laughs> give me a break. You got a good job, too. And you still don't want to go. Probably prayed to get the job, but now you don't want to go. I'm shocked. No. All of us can relate to him. But here's what he says. Not my will, but thine will be done. Yours, yours be done. Too much King James in there. Then, he, then an angel appeared to him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in, here's another statement, it's amazing. Being in what? He's grieved. You know, often we don't, we don't think that's part of it. But, but it is. Agony is a part of the journey. You will never raise children without agony. It is a part of parenting. Agony. Bills. Agony. I mean, it's just stuff breaks in your house. Agony. I went in my yard. I went in my yard. I mean, I try to take care of myself, my grass, you know. And there's some creature underneath the ground <laughs> who's running sprints through my yard. He's, he's running sprints. He's, he dug a big hole, you know, in the backyard. He did that. I mean, I look at that. There's a hole that's big. I'm thinking, what is, what is that? I, I don't, I don't, a baby elephant. What are you doing? So I put some, what are you doing? You know, what he, and then I called the trap guy. Well, it's $5 million to come put the trap out. I said, well, I ain't going to just have to hit him in the head when I see him. What, <laughs> what in the world? Is this in, in the front yard, right? So we, we blocked this dude off, right? We, we thought we got him running or whatever. Then, then, then he's in the front yard now with his cousins or something. And I, I'm out there, and I'm looking down at my grass, and he's sipping. I'm thinking, this tracks. I'm just, you know, it's agony. There's always something in life that has a little bit of agony. Help me, I'm a new grandparent. Help me with this. Grandparent, how many grandparents we got? Raise your hand. Okay. Is there, put your hands down. Help me with this. Don't disappoint me, okay? I'm new at this, okay? I'm, I'm serious. Try, be gentle. Is there agony with grandchildren too? Raise your hand if it's true. Oh, God, really? <laughs> you mean they're, they're going to do stuff? They're going to pull. Oh, God, there's no hope. Okay, anyway. It's everywhere. And, and you, you know, and so there's this moment when you, when you look at your life and you look at this story and you think, okay, well, Jesus and I can relate. He's got a cup he doesn't like. He's got a, a will issue and he's agonizing, but he's praying. That's the difference. Earnestly. Then, then it sweat like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. Not blood, but he's drenched people. He's depressed. He's fighting off depression. He's fighting off just feeling of being abandoned by God. He's going through a lot. And he prayed earnestly. And when he rose up from prayer, he came to his disciples and he found them, what? Sleeping. Okay. You're not paying attention, gentlemen. You're sleeping. But notice what they're sleeping from. Sorrow. Read it with me. They're sleeping from something. From what? Sorrow. They're, 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 they've grieved themselves to sleep. You ever did that? They're, they're sorrowing and they're grieving themselves, working their way through this horrible challenge. He's been talking about dying. He's been telling us all this bad news. 
And Peter even challenged him, and he told Peter off. You know, Peter says, Lord, stop saying all this. You're not dying. And he says, you're talking like the devil, Peter, I am. Very challenging conversation. And all of this happens, and these guys fall asleep. And here's what he tells them. He says, why do you sleep? Oh, you don't know? You're confused about why we're sleeping? We're grieved ourselves to sleep. Then he says, rise and pray. And please do that, at least if you don't. The agonies, the challenges, the pressures of life, your will, all of those things will come together and tempt you. It'll put you in a bad place. Now, there are three things that I'm kind of guiding you through. And repeat them with me, please. The first thing is this. We must be honest about what we're willing to sacrifice. You can all say it together. Come on. We must be what? Honest about what we're willing to sacrifice. I was going to test you out, see if you're going to talk with me. You must be honest about it. I'm willing to do this. I'm not willing to do that. To me, there's a real honest moment here. Jesus is saying here is an honest summation about what I'm willing to do. But here's the second thing. You must be honest about what you don't want to sacrifice. Both of those things are in the verses we just read. He went through a list of things, and he laid out for us what he wanted to do and what he didn't want to do. Have you ever done that? Whether it's good or bad is a healthy thing to do. I think it's so important to express honestly where you are because that's how you get better. And there are four things we struggle with sacrificing sometimes. That I, that I see in this text. One is I, I see that we, we oftentimes don't want to give up a temptation, something that we like. That's why I said you got to pray about it. Pray that you don't enter into temptation because it, you're draw, you, you'll be drawn into it. It's, it's absolutely part of what we all do. A temptation we hold on to and we won't let go. Secondly, he says, we often don't want to deal with responsibilities, the cup. Name something in your life that you don't want to be responsible for. And there, there are mothers who have daughters, kids, and they get to a place they don't want to be married. They don't want the responsibilities of children. They don't want to clean up. They don't want to say it because it sounds like I'm a bad mother. But if you were to be really candid, it's agonizing. The whole idea of submission to a guy, what is that about? Why am I submitting to that dude? Guys feel the same way. Guys go through the same agony. They don't necessarily know how to process the responsibility. Emotionally, it's difficult for them. Why should I pay all the bills? Or why should I be the guy? Why should I go out? Hey, look, if somebody's breaking in the house, why should I go check and get killed first? <laughs> somebody's at your door. Really? Go see who it is. Where's the manual that says I got to go die first? I mean, come on, give me a break. <laughs> Baby, you should go. And I called 911. Okay, I get it. I'm thinking. But you get the point. Responsibility can be amazing. Being honest about your view of God's will, especially when it's difficult. We don't want to do God's will sometimes. I think if you can just say that, I really don't want to do that. Now, what's really interesting is, if I look at what people are doing today in this culture, they're not doing God's will. They're not. And, and, and if I'm really honest about it, the best thing for you to do is to admit you don't want to do it. Just say it. I don't want to do it. It's a healthy start. Because now, 
Jesus said it. Can we talk about this, God? I really don't want to do this. I really don't want to make the sacrifice. I really don't want to, and, and please understand, that's okay. I really don't want to make this, this is a sacrifice. I want this, you want that, and we don't agree. So I get it. But notice how Jesus makes a courageous moment when he says, all right, I know it, but agony or not, nevertheless, not my will but your will be done. Now, at the bottom end of all this, there are the disciples who show us what it's like around us. Sometimes it's not only what I don't want to do or what I want to do, it's what the people around me won't do. There are people around us sometimes, if we're honest, who are just not willing to, to, to make certain sacrifices. And these guys just had trouble with three things. Number one, they had trouble had a hard time with the challenge. The grieving wore them out. It was the, it was the, it was the emotional weight of the thought he was going to die. And they, who were they now? You know, they're these 12 disciples. Well, you know, what, what does all this mean? Uh, and, and certain levels of challenge, certain people tune out. You learn that as an employer when you hire staff. They, they work hard on, up until the third floor. And beyond the third floor, they have a very difficult time being on time, meeting deadlines, um, being focused, budgeting, planning, strategizing. And for some of people, it's 100,000, it's 50,000, 100,000 million to, you know, wherever the, wherever the millions are. It depends. You'd be surprised how managing 12 million or 15 million or whatever the number is, is as there's similarities to managing 30,000 in terms of your, it's, it's about a decision. Because you can be broke at every level. Come on, give me an amen, you hear me? And, and there's, there's an amazing reality that you see in the disciples because when they get to a certain place with Christ, the challenge overwhelms them. That's why it's one thing to start a business, another thing to maintain one. Because the challenges rise, third floor, fifth floor, 20th floor, 30th floor. The whole idea of coordinating a direction, sticking with the plan. So the challenge was difficult for them, and attention span was difficult for them. They had a hard time with staying focused on one thing. They could, they fell asleep. If you want to know one of my challenges, I have to stay awake. It's easy for a preacher to fall asleep. Let me tell you what you do. You get up here, and you start preaching on Sunday, right? And then you preach on Wednesday, right? And then you preach on Sunday, and you do Sunday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Sunday, Sunday, Wednesday, Wednesday, Sunday. There you go. That's all you do. And before you know you know what I'm saying? And the sermon starts sounding. Oh, but that's not like that today. But you know what I'm saying? You just kind of, you just, you know, if you're not careful, it takes energy and it takes a commitment. I have to stay attentive and I have to figure out what are the things that help me pay attention. Let me tell you what one is, rest. Rest. Clarity of purpose. I am not to do youth revivals. I am not to be running all over the country preaching everywhere all the time for everybody, for anything, in every conference. That's not my calling. I am not to exhaust myself. I am, I am a father first. Okay? I'm a, hus- I'm, a, I'm, a, well, I'm a person first. Watch it, preacher. I'm a person first. Get that right. Don't be a daddy before you're a person. I'm a person. My name is Ricky Ricardo Temple. What is my name? Ricky you didn't say it loud. What is my name? Ricky Ricardo Temple is not Pastor Rick. He's a person first, okay? 
Then he's, then he's a husband, right? Let the children know that I'm a husband first, children. Then I am a parent. With me? And guess what I am next? Pastor dude. Pastor dude can't be first. And then if you work that on down and then you, you, you kind of you folk get your life, okay, then, 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 then. And, and you organize your life and you say, okay, now this is what I focus on in that order. The person first, because if he's not healthy, it's over. I love flying, you know. One of the things I said on the plane, put the oxygen on your friend first, right? No, put the oxygen on who? Yourself first, right? Some of you who don't fly and you're scared, this is going to scare you even more, right? <laughs> Put the, they do this little speech, if you've never flown before, and the stewardess stands and says, okay, this is in, in the unlikelihood of us crashing, in the unlikelihood of a challenge. <laughs> put the oxygen on, there's these little tubes going to come down out the ceiling, and you, and you put it on yourself first. first. Say it with me, put it on your what? Self first. Why? Because if you don't, and you're trying to put it on your kid, and then the kid, and you f- pass out. Then the kid said, what happened to you? Then they pass out. Everybody dies. <laughs> Put on yourself first, not your company. Yourself first, not your children. There's something about focusing. And these guys had a challenge, and we all can relate to this. Certain degrees of pressure make us lose attention. We start focusing on the wrong directions. And then... We never get beyond the temptation. Jesus said in verse 46, some people just fall asleep. But you've got to be careful that you don't. Now, why was this sacrifice so difficult for Jesus? Because, and, and, and why is it difficult for us? Why, why was this so hard? Why was this sacrifice so difficult? Well, because it hurts to sacrifice. And we don't like pain. Um. I used to have a really, really hard time getting up in the morning because it hurts to get up in the morning. And then I, I learned that it's, it's nerve-wracking. Remember, he was sweating, right? And I also noticed isolating. Those three things make it difficult. It's really difficult for you to sacrifice. It's really difficult for you to be nervous. It's difficult for you. But I've learned that that's what makes it courageous. It's not that it's easy. Courage is not about doing anything easy. It's about being afraid and scared to death and shaking and nervous and doing it anyway. That's what separates you from other people. You do it anyway. Not about my will. Not about how I feel. Got zero to do with that. And so I I close with some final thoughts. I, I gave you an honest list of seven courageous sacrifices I'm personally making right now. And I don't know why this is important, but I thought it'd be fun. So let me just say it to you. There are things that I must give up. And there are things that I must, I, I've had to do. I've had to. These are just must things. The first one is certain things I eat. And believe it or not, I can't eat grits as much. Goodness gracious. That's a small thing, right? But, but being as honest and saying, okay, sometimes, you know, once a week, or, you know, it's kind of okay. This, this, you can't. If you really want to be healthy and keep it right, you're going to have to decide. There's certain things you have to give up. Number two, I must give up certain interactions, interactions that I like. Some interactions are just not healthy for me. And if I want to be where God's called me to be, there's certain things I have to give up, and that's important. Number three, I must give up some fun times. Everybody say fun times. 
and I got to I got to have a disciplined focus. I can't come out to play. That's one of those things. I can't come out to play. Why? I can't. I can't. Because if I come out to play and I and I, I don't stay focused, then I'm going to end up in a place I don't want to be. And so sometimes I must give up some fun times. Number four, I must give up some thoughts and concerns. This is important. I can't think about certain things. In this environment of, of, of political mind control, where you are literally consumed every day, it's, it's, it's called a brain takeover. It's like the Borg. You know, have you ever watched Star Trek? It's like the Borg, right? It's like, you know, they have these guys who are half machine, half man, and they consume your brain. Every day, you're looking at the news, and you're sucked out of life. Every day, and I'm not saying you shouldn't watch, I'm not saying you shouldn't be informed, I'm a news hound, I watch, I'm informed, but I have fasted, I have set a limit, I have said I'm not watching it all day, I'm not going to sit there for four hours and watch the same news report over and over and over and over again. I'm not doing that. There's something that happens to us when you say to yourself, I must make sure that I don't let my thoughts and concerns get tied up so much that I can't think, and that's what I'm fighting. I can't think about some things anymore. And, and here's, a, here's, a, here's a very interesting statement that I've not said to you before that kind of came to me privately, and I shared this with the staff one day, and they kind of went, what do you say? Why did you say that? And they, and they didn't really like it too much. I said, well, this is how it came to me. Mind your business, Temple. Yeah, that came to me. Just like that. See, the Holy Spirit, God knows how to say it to you so you get it. I like people. I enjoy people, and I'll, I'll reach out, and I'll, you know, I'll help, and and there are moments when you've done what you should do, and you should not go any further. And there are times when you can't think about that. You can't. And, I'm, and I mean, I have, you, you got things to write. You got things to do. You, you, I, you have to give that up. And sometimes you have to be honest with yourself and say, that's a thought I can't have today. I must mind. Watch this now. My business. This is a day when I clean up my closet. This is a day when I exercise my body, my time. I cannot, will not allow myself to be so consumed that I don't have any time. Lord, I miss you, Jesus. Man, that has helped me so much. And it's been courageous. It's a courageous sacrifice I have to make. Here's tough. Here's a tough one. These are my testimonies. I had to give up some relationships that take me off track. That takes me off track. I've done business with people, and my wife, I remember one person I did business with, and my wife said something to me that was so profound. She says, Temple, I've known you for years, but doing business with this person, I've never seen you be as insecure as I've seen you be with this person. So I fired her. I stopped. I did. I, I said, I stopped it. If, if working with you redefines me and the people around me see it, and I'm no longer Ricky, I'm, I'm, I'm turning into some creature. There, there's a moment when you see in your life that is taking me off track, period. People ask me to do things. They asked me to do something great the other day. I said, I, I just can't do that. If I enter into that relationship with you guys, it's going to take me off track. You have a great, great organization. I'd love to be on your board, love to help you, but I really can't because that would take me off, off track. I couldn't spend as much time with you. 
Why are you doing so much? You're off track. Number six, I've had to give up some issues that tied me tied down my moods. In other words, there are certain issues that will come up and it will switch my mood. I'll tell you, and I probably shouldn't say this, but you'll be, I'm going to say it. You can be talking to your wife or your spouse or your friend, in this case my wife, and we get to a topic, and that topic, that issue, it could be about anything. If she disagrees with me, if I'm not careful, my mood will change. You don't agree? And so you know what I say? Ah, 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 the issue. Release the issue. Who cares whether this person is guilty or innocent or whether this person is right or wrong or whether you believe it's blue or green? We, we let issues switch our moods too quickly. Come on, say amen if you hear me. You know, you just, you got to pause for a minute and don't, don't be in a staff meeting at your job and flip out because they don't agree with your plan. The issue makes you want to blast everybody. You guys are, you know, no, 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 pause. And lastly, I've had to start investing in a specific plan. See, Jesus had a specific plan. A specific plan. I came to die. I came to, I came to save these people. He had a specific plan, and that's what he invested in. Are you doing that? And here's my plan. to move. I want to move forward physically, financially, and professionally. I want to move forward. What do you mean professionally? What I just said. I want to do this right. If I'm going to do it, I want to do it right. I want to make you proud. I want to make sure we do it right. Now, there's, and there's something about saying, that's what I'm focused on. Here's the question. Are you? What are you focused on? That's, that, for me, is what I've got to make courageous sacrifices to do in my personal life. And that's as honest as I can be with you today. What in the world are you doing with your life? Okay, you can watch the story of Jesus, right? And you can sit here and cry about him dying on the cross, right? But what about you? You, you want to tell me his story every year and cry? What's your story? He did all that so you could have a story. Why did you go to all this effort to help your kids finish school? So they can get a job. So they can be okay. Am I right? Please understand, that's the whole purpose. If you're clear about your purpose, and then your kids look like, well, I don't know why I went to school. Really? You don't know why? You don't have a clue? Courageous sacrifice. I want you to make some courageous choices. Our church has to make some. And it starts with courageous conversations. Hope you learned something. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this conversation today. I thank you for what we've said and what's been accomplished today in our talk. I pray that the Holy Spirit would take this, these words, this sermon, this message, and, and take us to a place of, of deep reflection and prayer and transparency and openness. I pray in Jesus' name that your spirit would bring life and healing and grace to your people. I pray, God, that your spirit would lift us to a new place of vision and thought. It's in your name, O oh God, that we find healing and strength. It's in your name that we find victory and power. I pray, God, for your spirit to bring something of 
your presence to, the, to these who gathered here today. Would you lift your hand with me, please? Father, heal them today. They have come through so much. They have gone through so much. And God, I know you want them well. I pray, God, in Jesus' name, that those who are home and those who are here would feel your presence, that they would feel your grace. And God, I thank you because I know you care and I know you want them well. And I give you all the glory with every head down and every hand down for a moment. Uh, if you're in this room today and you'd say, Pastor, after hearing the message, I really get what you said. I see that I need to make a courageous sacrifice. I need to aim my attention in a direction that will give me life and vitality. And I need you in my life. I need a spiritual transformation. I need God's presence in my life. So God, in your name, I pray that a heart would be open today, both here and at home. If you're here and you would say, I want you to pray for me, Pastor Rick, because I realize what you said today is true for me. I need to do what Jesus did for me. He's, he died for me so that I could surrender to him and start my life in a new place. What we did with communion today is, is what he did for me. If you're here today and you want me to pray for you, you realize that you need to start a walk with God, I want you right now to just raise your hand and say, pray for me, Pastor. Just, you're just saying, pray for me. There's something powerful about saying, I see you. Thank you. Anybody else? Just put your hand up and put it back down. Anybody else? Say, pray for me. Pray for me, Pastor. This is the day. I, I, just, I realize what you said spoke to me. If you're home today, if you raise your heart, many of you raise your hearts, many of you raise your hands. But I pray, God, for these who raise their hearts and their hands today. May this be the moment of deliverance and strength for them. Some are just saying, God, I need a renewal in my life. I pray wherever they are that the Holy Spirit would bring healing. With every, every hand lifted, please. Father, we lift our hands to you today, giving you praise and glory. Touch us today. For some of us, this sermon on courageous sacrifice is the beginning of a new, new way of living our lives. Not my will. Not how I feel not what I want, but your will be done. And so, God, we thank you, and we give you all the praise and all the glory in Jesus' name. And everyone say amen.